This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everyone, welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early. I am one of your hosts, Steve Gendron. And I'm joined by Mike Jenner, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve, the Peak Too Early fans did not show up today to find out how I'm doing. The people are clamoring. They're worried about our guy, Trent. So enough about me. Let's get right to Trent immediately. So he's not at the House of Sav. He is quarantined in Pelham, New Hampshire. Trent Fontanella, how are you doing? <laughs> gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. Yes, it is what? It is day four of my, my self-quarantine up in the woods in New Hampshire. I'm uh, I'm okay, but I am terrible compared to where I was last week. Because a week from today, or a week prior to today, I was on a cruise ship absolutely loving life. The whole <laughs> world is supposedly freaking out. What am I doing? I'm going to the spa. I'm hardcore spawn out there. Then I'm taking a little nap, reading a little book, going to the casino, get a little blackjack in before dinner. Then hit up the all-you-can-drink, you know, bars. What do I want today? A little beer today, a little white wine, ooh, maybe a little rosé. Get a little drunk, get really drunk, get super drunk, go to the <laughs> casino again, gamble a little more, go to bed, wake up, have a buffet for breakfast, and just, like, vacation hardcore. And now what am I? Now I'm in my house, just quarantined, you know, can't go outside being like the bubble boy, although I, I'm not really fully adhering to all the quarantine rules, but um, it's it's really a letdown from where I was last week. So for people that missed last week's episode, it was just Mike and I. We recorded our one-year anniversary episode without Trent, and we were talking about how you were on a cruise ship somewhere off the coast of Italy, and we we were like talking the week leading up to it and we're like, you know, maybe I might be able to make it depending on how the Wi-Fi is. And so we're just like, all right, we'll call you in like the time difference. If you don't answer, we'll just do it without you. But if you're free and you want to jump in on the on the podcast, you're more than welcome to. We're calling, calling, and he doesn't answer. And so we're like, fine. We rolled without him. And then the days went on and we're like, has anybody heard from Trent? And we're reaching out to your girlfriend, reaching out to everybody, and nobody had heard from Trent. We're all kind of freaking out a little bit. I was in such relaxation mode, boys. It was, and it was, so it also was like pay uh, per megabyte or whatever on the internet plan. Like they were trying to nickel and dime me for everything. So I was really just like avoiding the phone. Plus every time you get on the phone, people are talking about some rant, like weird virus that's going around and like, I shouldn't be on a cruise ship. I shouldn't be in Italy right now. And it was just like, I don't want to hear that. I'm vacationing. I'm relaxing. So, and also uh, I was actually planning on trying to like hop on, but the little time zone difference got me because we were going to record the night before. And so I was up. I would have been like a spectacle when we recorded. It would have been 2.30 my time. I would have just have left the dance club. This cruise had a dance club. <laughs> and I was like, you know, getting my dance on, doing my thing, and then went down to record. And uh, we just didn't make it happen. And then the next that day, the internet awesome. was just like so shitty that it wouldn't have worked out. But my God, that would have been awesome if we got you post-dance party. But so then things got even more weird when – it's like, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday night, and I get a text from friend of the program, 
uh, Nana 27 video production, Pat Florence, just out of the blue says, dude, is Trent going to be okay? And I'm like, what are you talking about? So I flip on the news, and there's the president being like, everybody in Europe, you're not coming home. And I'm just like, oh, God. <laughs> I reached out to Trent's girlfriend, and I was like, you know, is Trent going to be able to make it home? She still hasn't talked to you. So nobody <laughs> knows if you're coming home yet. It's like 24 hours later till we find out that your cruise ship is like steaming home, trying to make the midnight deadline. It's crunch time. And the second you get off the boat, boom, right to self-quarantine. And believe it or not, with the listeners, I literally haven't talked to you at all since you've been back from this trip. So I literally know nothing about how you've been doing, what's going on. Talk to me a little bit about self-quarantine. Like, what, what is what is this all about? Because I feel like this is informative for all the, you know, coronavirus is hot in the streets right now. I feel like people got to know what's the self-quarantine deal. Hot in the streets, that's right. Well, before we get to that, let me just rewind a little bit because I think there's a couple tidbits that are great. So the cruise ship was absolutely killing it. Like, we were just outrunning all the closures and all the freakouts or whatever. So we would, like, go on land, like, walk around, and everything would be closed. But it was still fun. It was still fun to walk around. But as soon as we left Italy for the last time, like within an hour, there was the announcement that Italy had shut down all like travel in and out of the country. So we had just gotten out of Italy and then I'm like, ooh, nobody can go in and out of Italy anymore. So then the cruise ship was kind of like heading right to Barcelona to end it. And it was the last night that that news came that everybody can go home or cannot go home, uh, which ended up being not like applicable to American citizens. But like other people got the text message and were kind of freaking out. I was just trying to sleep. I had a late night the night before. I was just trying to get my beauty sleep on, relax a little bit. I figured I'd deal with it in the morning. And then we, you know, caught caught flights home that day and we're at the, the zoo at the airport. But uh, self-quarantine is, is pretty chill. Nobody is making me self-quarantine. That's the crazy part. I just like walked into the country. They asked me if I'd been to, to a couple places. I said no. And they're like, all right, you're, you're cool. <laughs> like, so we just kind of went home but i think it's probably for the best that i don't go out um is like your work or anything forcing you to self-quarantine yeah i was actually supposed to be in idaho this week so this was a little bit of a you know don't don't get on an airplane again credit (laughs) for good people of idaho um but it's just i don't know i can go over like some of my favorite activities it's getting a little dark over here i've been my biggest like go-to has been uh i mean the biggest thing right is everything is canceled you can't watch sports which is just like the worst part. Everything is canceled. Oh, we'll get to that. We'll get All right, to let's that. get You'll... that later then. It's just like a lot of like, if I had to be self-quarantined on a typical time, it'd be great. But when you're self-quarantined, there's nothing to do or like on TV. Um, the days are long, boys. The days are long. <laughs> well, my favorite part about it is you were on this cruise with like your family. So now you're quarantined in your childhood home <laughs> with your whole family. So it's like, you know, back to your like, you know, teenage days, just the whole crew is there. <laughs> my, uh, stuck in your house. My girlfriend's a nurse for homeless people. So she's like the last person I can go see right now. So I'm just totally, yeah, New Hampshire. It, it does feel like old times. It was just like, and the whole family's working from home, right? Nobody's like leaving the house. So we are just all here uh, having some good old fashioned Fontanella family time. It's, it's wonderful. Was there any part where you're like, oh, shoot, this is bad. Like, we might have some trouble getting home. Or were you confident the entire time that you're getting home? I mean, I was confident. I am a celebrity. I am a, a peak too early host. <laughs> Other people in the party were not so confident, um, which is why we ended up, like, getting earlier flights home. But 
I uh, I wasn't. I mean, what's the worst going to happen? I get to hang out in Barcelona for 30 days and just got to have a super long vacation, That's kick true. it, chill. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. So Trent's one of those people who, like, no matter what the situation is, always like, it's going to be fine, even when, like, things are completely hitting the fan. So there probably should have been, like, some level of panic, but I can just totally see Trent just laughing everything off, just, like, let's making go back a to joke at it. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> I'll tell you what, let's go make a couple bucks at the casino, and we'll be able to get a quicker flight home because we'll have, like, you, you come up with some ridiculous system that makes sense only in the stupid brain of Trent Fontanella. So I'm sure that for some people in your party that might have been a little bit frustrating. So, so as plans are being, like, kind of freak out was happening among some people are we gonna be able to get home i was so mad because people just kept waking me up it was like 2 a.m 3 a.m and we had to get up early to get off the cruise ship the next day and i'm being woken up it's like guys i just want to sleep it off i just want to get some nap time and then i'll figure it out in the morning but that was the real that's what stressed me out was people people trying to wake me up at 4 a.m to book plane tickets and stuff it was ridiculous i literally had one of uh, our peak too early fans hit me up on Instagram because we were posting all kinds of like goofy stuff. And it's like, you're posting all this stuff. Meanwhile, I'm over here freaking out about if our boy Trent's going to get back or not. <laughs> <laughs> hey, shout out to the listeners that, that cared, I guess. And, and, you know, we're worried about my well-being. Um, I'm kind of an MIA guy as, as it is. I like to, you know, not really be super quick to respond. That's so that why might it took be- five days for us to be like, is Trent okay? Because like that, you know, you might go like three or four days, you know, we'll be texting you and we just won't hear from you. But on that fifth day, we're like, hmm, maybe we should like figure out if he's all right. I also I just figured I had nothing to share. It's like, guys, I'm just chilling right now. I'm having a good time on my vacation. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. So we'll figure it out when I get home. And here I am. I'm home. I'm safe and sound. I'm, I'm at the old family house. Just just doing my self quarantine thing. Well, Trent. We're glad you're home. We're glad you're safe and sound. But uh, let's uh, let's get into the running news. Yeah. So, Steve, uh, the news in running and in the rest of the world is uh, everything's just going to shit and everything canceled. So <laughs> that's what we're working with. Um, I was it. When it was Wednesday night where it started, and everyone's gotten this rundown, so we won't give the whole thing. But Wednesday night it started, and then Thursday is when things really kind of just went nuts. I mean, I have never seen a day like this in sports in my entire life. And now, before people jump down my throat here and be like, "Hey, coronavirus is a serious thing. We shouldn't be worrying about problems like sports." Okay, I get it. Okay, this is a serious thing, and I get that. All those steps that people are taking, shutting down sports and not doing this, is the right decision. Can we get that off the table and into the atmosphere immediately? I get that. But now I'm going to spend the next 40 minutes of this podcast complaining about the fact that there's no sports because it is insane and it's wild. I mean, literally, the NBA is the first to go because – what's his name? Um, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. I mean, patient zero, just (laughs) being a complete – jerk just rubbing his face on microphones and doing it. And next thing you know, he's gotten the entire NBA. So they they have to pull the trigger. And the next thing you know, one by one by one by one, it's falling. And actually, the NCAA indoors was one of the later ones to go. Because for a while, yeah. I thought, oh, wow, this might still happen. Because, you know, pretty much the entire, like, field was already down there. People were already, like, 
ready to go in Albuquerque, ready to run. And then next thing you know, I think it was two days before, I guess, that's when the trigger got pulled. And I think it was more of like an NCAA decision. It wasn't really like the track world. It was March Madness. Like all sports are canceled. So, I mean, just an absolute wild, wild couple days in the sports Well, Mike, that was, that was why it was like, especially for the track athletes, it was so tough to grasp. is because, like, they were already yeah. there. Like, they were already all in the field house warming up. Like, if anything was going to happen, it would have already happened. So they're just right. like, just don't let any fans in and let us run the damn race. But like you said, it was an NCAA ruling. It wasn't the track and field ruling. So they had to follow suit. What right. what shocked me though, I mean, wasn't that indoor was canceled? We all, um, you know, once I kind of got back into the news cycle, that that seemed like it was a definite. But all the events that are still like not scheduled to go off for another like month or two months, like outdoors and everything like that, like you know, I thought this may be a couple week thing, but we're looking at you know months without sports right now. This is this is a long term. This is our new reality. Is there just no sports? I mean, Before we get too far away from track, I do want to say like, could you imagine? being a senior on your last season of eligibility and it could potentially even if you had two seasons indoor and outdoor and can you imagine like being in a position where you get to compete for a national championship and just have that taken away i mean this running especially distance running is so much different than other sports where for these seniors that's like almost over a decade's worth of work to get to that point and just have it be taken away from you and like, you know, be like a day away from your competition, just have it taken away from you. That's that's heartbreaking. And yeah, and I think we'll talk to Arlie about this in a little bit. But I mean, it stinks. And like we said, like there's nothing you can do about it. But it is. I mean, we all know we were there. Like when you're in that mindset as a senior, and this is your last chance, and you know you're getting into like the dog days, and your your days are numbered. This is like. One of the most, this is the most important thing in your life at that time, right? Like that is what you're putting all of your effort and energy in is to your running career. And, and for, you know, the, the division one guys, yeah, maybe some of them have a, a, a pro shot after that. But I think about someone like our brother, Steve, right? It's like, he's in his second semester senior year and it's like, well, that's it. And then the NCAA, I mean, does, does the right thing by offering up, you know these seniors uh, uh, another year of eligibility like free eligibility basically but for so many people like that's like 99 percent of the people yeah i mean that's that. completely irrelevant unless you're trent and you're just going to go back to college like whenever you want for fifth year most people can't like just go back to school especially if you weren't planning on it like if you're going to do a fifth year like you have to kind of plan that out in advance when it's just like you're already in second semester what are you going to do you can't just like decide okay I'm going back to college so I made like the most last second decision on that you could it was probably like January of my second semester and by the time the paperwork got turned around it was probably like late February that I finalized it and that was you know a month ago you can't you have to drop out of classes and all this crap like there's so much red tape that goes along with it there's virtually nobody that's going to be able to make a totally like shift in mindset from today or last week or whatever it is to decide to come back for a fifth year i've done it it's it's almost it's so much bullshit to do that and then we get uh i think it was thursday or was it friday afternoon mayor marty walsh up there you know well, him alongside the BAA <laughs> pushing pushing the Boston Marathon to uh to September 14th. Just uh this was this was the one that hit the hardest for me. 
I think because you see all this, you, I mean, see all the dominoes falling, and you're like, oh man, this went from something that I wasn't, I wasn't giving much attention to, to it's like completely taking away all my sports for the spring. But like when we lost Boston Marathon, that was the moment where I was just like, man, this world is a different place than it was 24 hours ago. And and that's another thing that like we can obviously relate to completely, right? Like we've all ran Boston, but we all know people who are currently right now have spent like the last year of their life getting ready for this race and then it's just not happening i mean that <laughs> it stinks i mean they did the right thing by announcing right off the bat that it was postponed right not just canceling it not leaving people in limbo and not really knowing it's like boom we set a date and now you know you have the expectation for what you need to do going forward i think that was the right move so i would say kudos to the you know boston marathon in, in that respect, it's like, all right, we're making this decision, but people need to know how to continue with their training if they want to, you know, run this race still. Yeah. I mean, you can you can lay that out there, but that is like, that's a lot of work to get yourself ready for April Marathon and then absolutely. September Marathon. Oh, absolutely. Like, not just the pros, the, the scrubs like, like you guys and me. You know, when I got to Boston, I was holding on for dear life. You know, I was ready to be injured and like break my T band in half if I kept training for another couple of weeks, you know, to, to just say, okay, we're going to push this off a few more months and like to try and get back to the same shape you are then, um, you know, when you are right now, that's a, that's a big, big ask. And it just, well, the good, let's say just this, this, like the, the Boston thing you kind of hit on Steve, like this is the one that hurt. Cause Boston, you can think of um, like, obviously, you know, the bombings that happen. And then the next year, like Boston brings everybody together. Right. You know, this uh, when the world is going crazy, you have things like the Boston Marathon and the Boston Marathon is the thing for people in New England that like brings everybody together and makes life like normal, no matter what the hell else is going on around it. So to see that like taken away and I know you're going to do it in September, but it's not the same. It's not it's not Patriots Day. It just that's when it's like, holy shit, this is I don't know. It's. It, nothing nothing but. marks nothing marks the beginning of spring or the the coming of summer like being able to day drink in public and watch other people work out and what what is boston going to do on patriots day with no red Sox and no boston marathon like what <laughs> we go to work and give us the day in september yes 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 i we mean that's oh, that we need to you know push for that and make sure that that happens well, That's I guess if there's, any, if there's any good news to come out of this is if you're a fan of watching marathons, this uh this end of summer into fall is going to be action-packed. Because like gonna, all, be. the, all the world marathons are moved to the fall. You're going to have the you're going to have the Olympics. You're going to have Berlin. You're going to have Boston. You're going to have New York just all stacked up on top of each other. So the other good thing, too, is the silver lining. Shout out to all my folks who are like, going into panic mode because they were way under trained for Boston and just were like procrastinating. It's like, yeah, baby, just bought myself a few more months. <laughs> Trent, can you, uh, will they allow you to sign up now? I was going to say, boys, now I don't have to feel Ooh. so bad about not signing up, you know, maybe <laughs> yeah. I'm the, I might just totally erase that like from the public record and now tell people, yeah, I was going to run Boston. Uh, but, uh, obviously it got postponed. So I guess I'm not going to run it this year. I'm running Chicago at that time. So I'll do that instead of Boston. So this totally wipes out any mistake I ever made. So how are you guys faring in a, uh, post-apocalyptic, no sports world? It's not great, Mike. Not no, great. it's, it's a pretty dark place. <laughs> I've, I, uh, uh, I bet on Russian soccer and yep, esports yep, yep. the other day. 
Esports is pretty bad. I won. Esports is pretty bad. I texted my friend. I was like, hypothetically speaking, if I were to place a bet on esports, how would I go about watching it? And so he's like setting me up with like all the like uh, you know the all the apps to watch it, and I couldn't find it. It was impossible to find it. But I woke up the next morning and there was money in my account, so I'll take it. Nice. So I have become a diehard Russian Premier League fan. Like I'm a fanatic now because it is the only sport that you can consistently watch. Obviously, UFC was like the only like real like American sport going. But so my buddy, shout out Boomer Tax app, throwback. Bought a, bought a subscription to like stream the Russian Premier League, and he's dished out his uh, username to a couple of us. So we've been like, I might need text- to get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll get you. I'll get it to you. I'll put it on. I'll say it over the air for everybody. Um, but we've just been texting back and forth, like very aggressively following the Russian Premier League. So sports aren't dead. Uh, you know, <laughs> shout out uh, Locomotive. That's my team right now. We're gonna we're gonna go all the way. So. So I think you guys are handling this better than I am because I've hit what I what I can recognize as probably a personal all-time low. Um, I think this kind of goes from my cruise. I was in that casino mindset. I have just been playing online blackjack. Which oh, no. Is just like oh, no. Made of, to burn money, but it <laughs> no, is oh, so no. addicting because you just, as soon as you, like, each hand takes, you know, 10 seconds or whatever, so now you're just ready for the next one. I'm like... You know, anytime I have like a, a moment to breathe, I'm like, oh, I'll just see if I can make a buck or two on, on Blackjack. So, <laughs> that is the fastest way to lose your money is online. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so far I'm net positive since I started playing, which was I started playing before the cruise because I was like, I want to just practice. You know, when I when I've had a few beers and I've had a few shots, I want to still be able to like make the right decision by the book or know when I veer off because I got no problem veering off, you know, the book. But then after I did that, I was like, oh, I can just kind of keep this going a little bit, so. It's uh, it's bad, boys. It's bad. I can only imagine that you know a self quarantine is gonna drive that deeper and deeper into a bad spot. I uh, all you got is playing a lot of nothing but time. <laughs> a lot, a lot of blackjack. Oh man, I need sports oh. to come back so bad. But guys, so like, what, what, when are we oh, gonna sorry. get it back at this point? Never. Is it? Is it just like this is the way we live? Like, are we gonna have to like change the way that we? function as human beings like i can't i can't just watch russian premier league for the rest of my life like that's that cannot be how i live my life i can't wait for mike on the next podcast to have a locomotive jersey on and have (laughs) a flag hung up behind him it's just talking about football instead of football i uh by the time sports comes back i'm gonna be in such like a a pit of just depression and debt that i don't know if i'll ever rebound so uh Wish me luck, boys. <laughs> Trent, not to completely change the subject, but are you allowed to run during self-quarantine? Yeah, so like I said, there's, amazingly, despite the fact that I was in Italy, in three different cities, took a bus from a port city to Rome, the biggest of all the Italian cities in the country that's, you know, <laughs> everybody's got the corona. Nobody has, like, formally told me that I shouldn't go outside. or So I can still, like, you know, walk the dogs and that sort of thing. Um, get around the neighborhood. So I've been I've been out of the house. I definitely have uh, gotten around the neighborhood a couple times. What I, what I don't understand is, do you think running increases or decreases your chance of being affected by coronavirus? Because like I could see the argument mm-hmm. that 
it's making you healthier and like you know boosting your immune system but also like you're putting yourself out in the world you're getting affected by more things and you're like wearing your body down a little bit so does that 100 percent episode 100 percent decreases it's good for you like you get out there get some fresh air makes you healthier as long as you're not coming in contact with other people like you want to be breathing like you want to be getting fresh air well, there goes my theory. I thought I was doing the right uh, thing by just not running right now. I was like, I, you know, I want to go for a run, but I'm doing. I feel like I'm doing the right thing by myself to not be putting myself in that position. So I think the problem with running, if I'm trying to self quarantine, is it's something that you want to go all out with. You know, I don't want to be messing around. All of a sudden, I start running. Now I'm six miles from home. You know, I roll my ankle. I'm stuck out there. Now I have to ask somebody to call my house. Now I'm coming in contact with them. They offer to give me a ride. Now I'm in their car. I'm giving coronavirus to their kids. You know, that's a disaster. <laughs> so I don't think running is acceptable. You're making some good points there, Trey. You're making some good points. All right, boys. So let's get into our interview for the second time on the podcast. Ollie Hoare from the University of Wisconsin. Let's talk to him. <laughs> So we are here for the second time from the University of Wisconsin with Ollie Hoare. Ollie, how you doing, man? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Uh, we're excited to have you on. I mean, some some stuff has unfolded in the past couple weeks that we really wanted to uh, to talk to you about. But uh, just first, just making sure, are you ready for the apocalypse? You stocking up, ready to go? Yeah, I was stocking up. Bought a lot of food, um, a lot of dry beans. I don't know how to make dry beans into actual beans. <laughs> So that'll be an experiment if we end up going that way. Um, we also went to one of our friends, uh, Owen Hacker, who I live with, went to his house and got about about 16 tubs of Lego. So we're ready. You know, if we have no, a basement and play with Lego, then we've got that sorted. I've also, you know, making sure if electricity <laughs> goes out, we've got some candles and yeah, we're ready to go. <laughs> so Ollie, I want to make I want to make sure we do have some fun on this on this podcast, right? We got to keep it light. We can't, uh, you know, keep buying into all the freak out. But I do want to, you know, hit a, a serious topic right off the uh, right off the bat because I think a lot of people who listen to our show are kind of in a similar boat as you. And you know, last week obviously you guys were ready to roll at NCAA's. You were, yeah. you know, down there ready to race, feeling great. And, you know, they pull the carpet from out onto you. Can you just talk a little bit about, you know, what that experience is like and kind of where you're at mentally right now? Um, I mean, it was, it was, it was, I've never experienced anything like it because, like, obviously, uh, a lot of the hotels, I mean, it's in Albuquerque, Albuquerque. So with us, like, we're all staying in the same hotel, like all the teams. And when you usually go to meets, like, especially big meets, like the NCAA, you experience that energy and that vibe and people ready to go and getting excited about competing. And like probably in 24 hours, like even from the pre-meet, that 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 whole shift of people just like worried, scared, they're not going to be able to race, um, and the whole overall fear of just being having to go home empty-handed or not even being able to compete. And you could see that coming from a lot of teams. Um, talking to a lot of guys, I mean, like going down and chatting to a lot of the boys um, before races, like Carlos and um, Carlos Villarreal and uh, James West and some other guys that I kind of caught up with. Uh, while we're at the pre-meet, like they're just we're just joking around, saying like, "Oh, we never know this meet could be cancelled," but we never actually thought it would get to that stage because we thought, "Okay, we're safe." Like even if they cancel meets after that, we're here. Like we compete the next day. Like when we start, we think we can finish, and they were having no spectators either. So we thought, "Okay, like then the cause of the spread, like if 
everyone here has been in contact with everyone, so it's kind of like whatever. But then when we get that call, it was kind of difficult for um, some people to process, especially for me because I was really looking forward to, to my last indoor season. And I was also planning on going home for the Olympic trials in Sydney. So I had about five to ten minutes to make a decision um, if I was going to do that or not, or should I stay here, or should I go to Australia and get stuck in Australia? And I made the call to not go to the trials, and my parents were, you know, obviously very upset and crying. And then, you know, like we we like we went through that, and it was just a big like the big letdown, and, and it felt like um, it just felt unreal. Like it didn't feel real because you're flying home, and a lot of guys just felt like it feels like I still need a race, and. Um, I know like for a lot of boys, it was kind of just like, what do we do now? And it's, it's, it's like your mind, the mental mindset breaks out. But I, I do realize for me personally, and I know for a lot of athletes that I've spoken to, it's like how you react as an athlete to this situation will make you a better athlete in the long run. Like to be able to react to something like this, like a curveball, like this, this is what makes you a good athlete because you're able to respond and develop in the proper way. And I know a lot of guys, I kind of preached that message and talked to them about it. And I also spoke, spoke to Morgan McDonald about that and he's like yeah like there's nothing you can do it's out of your control and a lot of people know that and understand the seriousness of what's going on but like definitely like understand like opportunities will pop up and you just gotta like keep doing what you're doing so like we're still running like obviously you know you can't run in big groups because you'll get in trouble but we're still <laughs> running around we're doing a, like i did a workout this morning at the hills like we're still doing our stuff but you know we're, we're gonna go down from this and then build up back training and then we'll just see what happens but keep it keeping it uh keeping it going but i can imagine like a lot of athletes having a lot of different experiences with it but overall the general just like leaving that area not being able to do what you've trained very hard to do like it was it was a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people and and it's definitely a, a good learning curve to for people to be able to deal with situations like that in sport yeah so so you have no idea when you're gonna run next so how is that affecting your training right now it's affecting a lot. Like I was, uh, I was feeling really good. Like I was building, I was, I was mostly building for July, June because I was trying to make the Olympic team in Australia. So I was very much more strength and speed, but, uh, I was feeling great. And it kind of now, like I spoke to my coach Mick and he's like, okay, now you, you gotta take a couple of days off. Um, and I was like, wait, seriously, like I haven't even raced. Like, why am I taking days off? And like, to me, that's a, that's a mental mind. Like this, I, my head was a scrambled egg. Like, I just like, what the hell? And then I realized, okay, now I get it. Like, you can't peak forever. And I think a lot of guys are going to go through that. Like, you can't keep going on the track and just write, write, running two to three track workouts a week. You just can't do it because you don't know when you're going to race. So, like, we're just back to square one, just, like, getting miles in, staying healthy, enjoying what we're doing. And that's pretty much it. And then once we get a, you know, once weeks turn over and we get some sort of race plan. But Right now, like the uh, Olympic trials for Australia got pushed back to May. So if I am able to go home and there are no races, I'll probably look towards doing that. But even that might get cancelled. So at the moment, I'm just enjoying running. I'm enjoying training with the guys. And I'm enjoying, in my eyes, still being a badger, <laughs> even though it's probably over. <laughs> I'm still enjoying wearing Wisconsin gear, running with the guys, and still feeling like I'm in college. I think for me, that's nice. But obviously, you know, like it's just right now, I'm not training for anything other than just in, enjoying it and keeping keeping it going and then eventually when we hear something pop up um we'll, we'll move through but it was like also today was devastating about pen relays but like obviously obviously you know smart decision for them but 125 years they've never called it off which is crazy, crazy. yeah like even through world war one and world war two and we were talking about it with the guys because we love that meet just like the overall atmosphere for college athletes to be able to participate in that is incredible and to, to have that cancelled obviously it's a smart decision 
um, with what's going on. But it's just, you know, you're just thinking, wow, like this is, it just shows you like what's, what's going on right now. It's pretty, uh, pretty legit. So. Absolutely. So you said that there was kind of like a, a very short window there where you had to decide, do I stay in Wisconsin or do I get in a plane to go back home? Um, because yeah. you at the time you didn't know if the trials were going to be pushed back or whatever. What went into the decision to stay in the United States and stay in Wisconsin? Um, it was funny. I, I spoke to my coach, um, and then he's like, you got to make a decision in five to ten minutes because they had to book flights for us back. We had to be back the next day. The, the Big Ten, and because the Big Ten withdrew first with ACC, and we thought that we might still be going on, which also kind of pissed me off. But, like, I know it's the right decision. Like, obviously, you know, but as an athlete, you get a bit fiery about it and get a bit – Get a bit amped, but uh, <laughs> for me, it was just that five, ten minute window. I was like freaking out. I was like, bloody hell, like this is this is Jeez. a tough decision because I, I've never made an Australian team, I've never been to Olympic trials, I've never been to an open national. So, like, for me, it was just such a big bucket list tick. And then I kind of walked around, I'm thinking, like, if I get called in that country, and um, because they'll lose my F1, I'll lose, like, I won't be able to graduate college. So, like, for me, I just thought, you know what, like. At the end of the day, I trusted my gut, and I thought there'll be other times. Like I got to chill out. I got to make the right call, and the right call for me and my gut was to stay here, stay with the team, and I turned out to be the right call. But I, I got a bit of uh, I got a bit of heat from back home when I first made the decision because they're thinking, "What are you doing? Like you should be coming home." But at the end of the day, they're all like, "Yeah, you made the right choice." But it was that ten minutes for me. Like when I made that decision, I called my parents. I was very upset. Like I just thought, like you know, it was it was tough. But I mean, a lot of kids were going through the same thing, so. Yeah, it was a really interesting experience, but you, it was a good experience to learn as an athlete to grow from, like, sometimes things don't go your way, so, yeah. I mean, we're we're here, we wanted to talk to you about the whole, you know, NCAA debacle, like, it never even crossed my mind that you had to make that decision and, like, had to kind of, you know, you had you had the, the, the national championship, you know, opportunity in a national championship taken away from you, and then you immediately had to go right into making that tough decision, that's crazy, man. Yeah, I mean, it's insane, and, like, I think... I I tell you what, like the NCAA in general, just the way in, in which our competition is right now and the way it's structured, like we're competing against boys that are incredible athletes. And like for me, being able to have the opportunity to run to meets like Milrose and other meets that are just like crazy good with like athletes from all different places. Like I've heard so many stories about guys like getting caught and getting stuck up and stuff that are major decisions in their life. And then it's also always turned out for the better. Um, but for me, like just I've never had to experience like so like for me a dream was to come away with a national title like that's not i don't think that's unfair to say i really wanted to try and win that mile time i mean that mile and run a good time and i was feeling great and and then obviously with nationals i thought i'm in great shape i know um, some other guys are, are good too but i think i'm in a, a red hot uh, shape to kind of maybe get that auto qualifier for the olympics and obviously yeah that too for any athlete going through that mental mentality and i know a lot of other guys are doing it like i mean a good example for me even though i haven't spoken to him is tyler day like he had an incredible race in Boston. Um, this was going to be his first time as, like, one of the favorites. Like, that kid had that taken away from him. And Klecker, too. Like, Klecker's never won a national championship. He's graduating. Like, I kind of – I felt bad for those guys, but I know for them they're going to use it in the right term of energy. But, like, guys are making decisions and, like, getting stuff taken away from them out of their control. And for an athlete, like, athletes are so – as you guys know, like, they want to control everything. So it's crazy to see that atmosphere of athletes not being able to control what was going on. Like all these sprinters, all these guys, they were really angry and it's understandable, but like, it's just that situation where, Oh, like this is bigger than us. This is bigger than sports. So it was crazy. Like I think a lot of athletes had a lot of experiences, but for me personally, like those two setbacks for me were, it was a really tough uh, pill to swallow. 
Yeah. Man. Was, was there any uh, like talk amongst the the athletes like screw it like let's let's do some kind of like underground competition here like yeah. you know the <laughs> the behind the scenes mile championship or something like that. We were just thinking like let's do it for you know this for a memento for for clout you know let's get up. Yeah, you might as well. <laughs> and uh, I called Morgan straight after everything was going on because I like he wanted to talk and he's like bro like everyone's there right and i said yeah everyone's still here like i think a lot of people are leaving that afternoon very soon and he said just get everyone together and get them to track now the media's already there like let's just get this race <laughs> going like they can't stop you running like a 1k time strong we'll just make it a race and i was like that would have been great so idea. badass <laughs> and like i i kind of put that uh, on my story and i got a couple of messages people like saying can we actually do this and then i got in, like in touch with a couple of guys and then, unfortunately, a lot of guys already left, so we thought it's not fair on them, and then it kind of just fell through. But, like, if, if we were all there together, if we got put in a group and they told us, like, at the track and all the miles were there, I would have, like, pulled all the miles aside and said, let's just do it. Like, let's have fun with it. Let's race, and then let, let's piss off. Because we've, all, we've already <laughs> hung out all together anyway. Like, if we've got it, we've got it. Like, you know, there's no harm in it. So, But it would have been really, really cool if we could do that. And I'm sure um, – a lot of other guys are feeling the same about other events. So, Dude, they I don't think it's too like, late. They would like written them. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. With this summer, you know, I don't know when this is gonna end, but just get everybody together. I feel like the different events could do it on different days or whatever. But that would be such a fun, like badass thing to tune into. <laughs> yeah, it honestly would. And if the athletes run it themselves, and I think having that control would be like pretty sweet. Plus, I think people would get behind it a lot, especially like from all these different events. And I know Klecker mentioned it on Twitter. He was like. We're going to have a uh, home time trial meet in Boulder, Colorado or wherever. And, like, I was like, yeah, I'll fly there and I'll freaking race. Let's do it. Like, <laughs> might as well. Like, it's just you never, like, I know for a lot of guys, it's the same thing that keeps banging in my head as well. Um, for a lot of guys, like, they'll never get to race in that type of competition again. And that's so valuable to them because, like, the insane, the insaneness of the 3K, the insaneness of the 5K and the mile was just crazy this year. And you'll never get that again. So, like just the same people in the same kind of time so like i think a lot of guys would be like yeah let's get to it let's do it like why not that's like that's the shit we're talking about of just being creative being out of the box and track fans will buy into it so if like the athletes put on something you had a good video camera good good you know film crew there you, you yeah. bring the peak too early guys in to compensate it i, I mean, promise you'll be there i promise yeah. you if you guys put something together we're flying out there yeah we, we got a good be, video guy sweet. too it'd be sweet and i think like I don't know. I'd love to, like, obviously we've got so much time now. And I think when, when things start to mull over in the head and if we do get kind of a building on it, some, all someone has to do is build a group to get this going and it will just, it'll go viral, I reckon. So who knows? Let's, let's, uh, I, I'm going to keep that in my, uh, keep that in the back of my head when in the next week or so, see if people will like jump onto that. Cause I feel like that's a pretty freaking good idea. They'll write a movie about this one day. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. I wonder who will play all of us in that. In the lead role. <laughs> who, who would you want to play you? That's a good question. <sighs> oh, I wouldn't mind Nick Cage, but he's probably too old, right? Nick Cage, <laughs> man. That's... He's probably <laughs> too old. No, I don't know. Who we, we, we'd have to start whipping him into shape or something. Yeah, no, he'd have to get on a really strict diet. <laughs> what, are the, what are the famous Australian actors? Like, who's got the best Australian accent? Right, I don't even you know. Probably, you could probably put... Uh, crap. The Hemsworth okay. brothers are the, the most famous Australian guys. I haven't even heard of them. <laughs> oh, come on, Trent. <laughs> yeah, no, they're not very that. big. They're not very big. 
they're not very big. No, I mean, I yeah, it'd be interesting to see what would happen there. I mean, I, I really, I really would look forward to doing that. I think like people would look forward to seeing it too. I think it'd be more more like bigger than the NCAA championships in itself because like you have guys pulling that out. Are we talking about the movie or the the track meet now? I don't even know. I think we'll talk about both. Okay. About both. <laughs> yeah. So so you're you're coming to the end of your college career, and yeah. uh, it's it's not obviously it's not you know you're not getting the opportunities that you wanted to. But have you thought about uh, the fact that you're gonna be turning pro soon and you might get paid to do this? Has that thought crossed? Have you allowed that thought to to get into your brain yet? Yeah, I have. I've been trying to avoid it because it's kind of crazy. Like I love, I love doing the sport. I love racing. I love meeting new people and 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 having that kind of passion about this sport because it's just fantastic. And I was talking to Morgan. I've been talking to a lot of guys in a lot of different places about you know the new steps ahead. And and it's kind of crazy that it's it's, it's hit me realizing that I got to make a decision um, about everything. And I think for me, like. You know, they, they're giving out fifth-year eligibility. I'm, I've only been in college for four years, but I'm on track to, to graduate this semester. So it's kind of a weird position for me because if I do graduate or if I just, like, I don't know, fail my classes so I got another semester, I don't know how it would work. But, like, <laughs> to get that other outdoor season, will it be worth it for another whole year? Or should I just graduate in four years and, 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 and move on in a professional career? Like, it'd be kind of crazy. And, I mean, it's a lot of, it's crossing through my mind, but it's also it's crazy to think, like, how um how structured our thing is like it's, it's all about representation of, of who you are and i think for me I'm, I'm very fortunate enough to have the career i've had in college um i've been able to do some pretty awesome things obviously not everything i wanted to do but um i'm glad that i i took shots when i could and and i think that's a cool thing but it is kind of crazy that you think um i think for a lot of guys like going pro is, is such a big commitment um because that's your lifestyle so I think for me, it's just exciting because I'll be able to fully live that lifestyle and not have to worry about um, going in certain races or, or doing certain things, worrying about getting my, like paid for certain stuff. Like, that's kind of cool. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, it's it's, cra- it's kind of crazy. I was talking to Morgan because obviously Morgan's gone through that. Like, he's been, had been a pro for a while now, for a year, and he kind of just – he was kind of filling me in with everything, and it was just kind of crazy what um, – what that life is, it's another level, you know. When you hit high school running and when you hit college, it's just a different experience, and it's kind of exciting that I'm already getting to that stage, yeah. Has, has Morgan turned into a big shot since he's gone pro? Like, is he a big diva now? He was always a big diva. <laughs> <laughs> he was always, he was, he's, he was missing, he's like, the one thing that I, I think he, he was, he kind of enlightened me on is like, he misses the, 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 the locker room, you know, the locker room, the guys hanging out, Team showers. That's all I'm gonna say. He misses that <laughs> yeah. stuff. Like he misses, he misses that good camaraderie that, that like as long you guys have experienced, like you get from from being a college athlete. And uh, it's crazy. Like I think for him, like he's obviously met some amazing people, done some incredible things. But you always have that locker room banter that you can't take away. And he comes in and like hangs out and does all that sort of stuff. But he's also like trying to step away from that collegiate kind of position and move into the professional lifestyle. And for him, like that's an important factor for every pro that that does that and stays with their college coach. And I'm I'm hoping to take that step too. But it'll be hard to leave that locker room with the guys. And Morgan Morgan's always got that little sparkle in his eye when he's coming around, walking around. He always, you know, <laughs> he's always got the right thing to say, and he's always, you know, always giving me a bloody hard time. But that's what he does. He keeps me he keeps me honest, keeps me going. So, um, but he's he's been a good uh good asset for a lot of guys. So he's been enjoying it, and I know he's really excited for 
hopefully ending up racing sometime this year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was, you know, obviously joking with the big shot thing because it's like today I, I noticed he posted something on Instagram. It's like a super like serious picture of him yeah. like putting on a headband and then he puts in it. If you put the tap water on higher, does the water heat up faster? Which is like just a ridiculous caption to have with that. So well, it seems he, like he's up to his same old shenanigans. He's up to his same old shenanigans. It's funny because <laughs> because we're doing a hill hill session, hill workout. Um, and then he comes to me afterwards and he tells me that line. Like he asked me that question and I was like looking at him like, are you, are you the full quid right now? Like, are you, are you <laughs> screw loose? But he, he kind of said, oh, I'm going to post as a caption. Do you think it's a good caption? I was like, yeah, it's a good, great caption. So he, he posted it. It's a good photo. He's, you know, he's still got it. Still got that kind of, he's got the charisma. So he's all, you know, he's kind of, it's kind of fun to have him around and, and it has sucked um, when he hasn't been here, but um, it's been good having him here. And obviously now he's in quarantine. So well, everyone's in lockdown. Sorry. So everyone's in quarantine and he's he's with us. So it's good to have him around for runs when we can run whenever, if we can run. Yeah. What what is the quarantine scene like? Is it like have you guys just entered an early bender season and people you know getting a good party on? Are you just playing board games all the time? Like what's the scene looking like? Scene looking like well, um, I've got I bought a lot of gin. <laughs> good, <laughs> good. That's a good start. That's a good yeah, start. Yeah, I bought a lot of gin. I bought a lot of tonic, cucumbers. Um, uh, like limes, lime. we got a lot of groceries, like a lot of good food that we can kind of make together. As, as, as a lot of guys, a lot of Legos, um, a lot of gaming on Xbox. Uh, like, I mean, I, I, I'm not gonna lie, like, I'm already enjoying a Stella in a Stella glass. Oh, perfect, perfect. Cheers, cheers, mate. So, like, I, I mean, we're, we're having fun. We're just like relaxing. Like, we're trying to enjoy the time we have, and then obviously, you know, keep going with school, but. I think our guys, it's starting to settle in that guys are like, wow, we have nothing to run for and train for. So we're, we're keeping our motivations high, kind of just keeping training, keeping fit. And if we do get locked in here, our house has like kind of a stairway and alleyway. So we're just going to do 20 minute runs up and down the stairs. Love and it. And like Love hopefully, it. <laughs> hopefully keep it going. And then like if we're playing like um, any sort of game, like whatever score we get, we got to do that and push ups and set ups or something like that. If we get stuck in the house. Or we'll just sneak out in the middle of the night and go for a run and put lights in our heads. I don't know. We'll figure something out. We're, <laughs> we're, not, we're pretty weird like that. But uh, we got a lot of beer. We got a lot of guys hanging out. And and uh, we're just enjoying each other's company. I think that's what everyone needs to do right now. And then obviously share out like stuff on social media. Like I know a lot of artists, which has been cool, have been putting on like shows and shit. Like in the in their like apartments. Or they've been like doing fun stuff to keep people activated. And I think that's, that's a cool thing, especially when people are if you're alone or if you get in lockdown, so pretty sweet. I mean, you guys are making the best of it, obviously, but I mean, besides the running part, you're kind of losing out on like second semester senior year, which is, you know, an, an epic uh, semester. So is that the case or do you feel like you're having plenty of fun just hanging in the, in the apartment? I mean, I feel like I, I do miss it out. Like I, I, I would love, I mean, my, my dad, like my, some of my family haven't even been to college. So to graduate and wear the cap and gown thing like that is a big deal. I mean, not, not like not crazy for me, but for my family, mm. and we probably won't be able to do that. And my parents won't be able to see that kind of like you know the ceremony. So that's kind of crazy. I think like um, it's and it's also pretty insane. Like we were hosting the Big Ten Championships this year, and and that was a huge thing for for our program, and especially for me to be able to finish my career at Big Tens um, outdoors at uh, at uh, Wisconsin was it was crazy, and I think. It sucks if that you know opportunity's gone. Like 
um, I think, yeah, it's kind of crazy. But I mean, like, for me, I, I'm just enjoying like everything that it is with in my restriction of joy, like out of control stuff. And like, it will annoy me for a bit. And then I'm like, okay, it's fine. I got this stuff. You know, I can, I can play Legos. I can do something weird. I got a nerve and I can shoot people in my house. <laughs> like, that's a really funny thing. If you guys, if you guys ever done the one in the chamber, a game that we play, like, so we have like these Nerf guns with little like pellets and we put goggles on and then we put yeah. like shorts on something. We turn all the lights off in the house and we have one in the chamber and you have to try and shoot someone with it. And we <laughs> see who like we can actually hit. It's pretty, it's pretty fun. We do hurt each other sometimes because we get a bit aggressive and start throwing the Nerf guns. But yeah, we're, we're, we're keeping things interesting. That's what you got to do when you're stuck in the house. Of course. I can't wait to hear what uh, one in the chamber sounds like in like two months when everyone's kind of lost their mind and is like sick <laughs> yeah, of quarantine. Right. It's just going to be gruesome and bloody. Oh, there's going to be black guys for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, this has been a ton of fun. We appreciate you coming to talk about, you know, NCAAs getting canceled. And I know it's been a, it's been a tough couple of weeks for you, but we appreciate you coming on and chat about it. But as you know, we end every interview with a quick game, but we're going to change it up a little bit. Mike, so why don't you kick off the new game we have? Yeah, so this is a completely different game. Nothing like the old game we used to play. It's called Victory Lap. Uh, and basically what that is is we're just going to pick a topic, and we're going to ask you questions about a specific topic, and, and you're going to go ahead and answer them. So <laughs> your your scenario here is coronavirus never goes away, and they just cancel running for the rest of of eternity and we are your we, we, we are your talent agents we're going to pitch you some ideas for uh some some jobs and career paths you could take so i'll, <laughs> I'll hit you I'll, I'll hit you with the first one um i think you could probably be like you know maybe like the fourth podcast host of you know some random wildly entertaining podcast what do you think about that I think I'd be great. I think I'd talk way too much and you guys would get really annoyed with it. Um, I might go a bit off topic, but I think it might it might go well. Like, you know, having a having an Australian accent there to kind of put in some a bit of a bit of a dazzle, you know, a bit of sparkle with I like it. it. I think I could G- do give that. A, yeah. Give some culture, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think whoever those other three uh, great gentlemen are, they'd have to keep me in line pretty severely because I could <laughs> I could get off track pretty easily. So you gotta you gotta put the hammer down. But I think with a uh, good, good, you know, good grooming, I think I could, I could be okay with that. Yeah. It'd be like six-hour right. podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard, uh, I heard they're looking for a new Bucky the Badger. Oh, jeez. I can't dance. I can do push-ups, but like he's got to dance. Like he's got that huge thing on his head. I mean, I just couldn't dance. I couldn't dance. Like people would be going like, he's got, he's got two left feet. I mean, I could be Bucky and just annoy people with it. Like, I know Bucky gets around and gets a bit of mischief, but the only thing I could do with Bucky is push-ups. So that'd be interesting. If they told me that I didn't have to dance, then yeah. But I think Bucky has to dance, so it might be tough. Bucky has to dance. Bucky has uh, to what dance. about what about an accent coach for like aspiring Australian actors? Oh yeah, I'd be I'd be fantastic at that. My my American accent's getting better. But <laughs> my American accent's getting better, but um, I think like being here and like talking about the Packers, get out of here, Aaron Rodgers, like that sort of stuff. Like, I think I can get better with the Australian accent. Like, if you just say bloody hell, or like you can get people in that kind of succinct tone, I, I think I could be good at that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, last, 
last time we had you on, we uh, we got pretty into depth with your hair and, you know, yeah. your different styles of hair. So I was thinking, yeah, maybe you could go the route of being a barber, you know, show people that you just give the straight buzz cut all the time. Yeah, I mean, like, I got a uh, – I've been having a few bowl cuts recently. But as well as growing out, um, I, I literally put a salad bowl on, and, like, they just went around <laughs> the back of it. Dumb and dumber. And I looked like, yeah, dumb and dumber. But I was like, I was like oh, this is going to be so cool. I'm going to look like, like – you know the show Peaky Blinders? Yeah. Yeah. Haircut. yeah, so I'm thinking I'm going to look great like that. And I take the cap off, and I'm Jim Carrey from Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> the rest of the guys absolutely cracked themselves up. Like, I, I was just – it was embarrassing. But it's growing out. Um, yeah, I could be – I could – yeah, I could do hairdressing. I don't think I could do women's hair because I think I would be like, wow, this is great, but I wanted to see what you look like if you were Skrillex and just shave the side of the head. Without <laughs> but it would be it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. I just get everyone bulk. All right. All right, Steve, so um, hit him with the last pitch here. Oh, you hit me with the last one. I guess mine's kind of similar to Trent's, but I said you could uh, you could do voice work for Outback Steakhouse commercials. Oh man, do you know? Do you know how I feel about Outback? Yeah, I, I think you had opinions. <laughs> I, it's, a, it's a misappropriation of our culture. What the hell is a blooming onion? There's no such thing. Also, like, there's none in Australia. They don't have any Australia. They use a fake Australian accent. Like, I recruit. I when I was getting recruited here, they took me to this one blooming onion place. I don't know what the hell you call it. Outback Steakhouse. And this guy is just yelling crikey every second word. He's like, we don't talk like that. I know we sound stupid and we mumble our words like we got peanut butter in our mouth, but we don't say crikey all the time. It was getting me so angry. I was like, anytime any of my teammates bring it up, I'm like, I'm going to burn that place to the ground. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I could, do, I could do commercials and say, don't eat here. You could just say, yeah, yeah blue, they got blooming onions, they got bloody steaks, but don't bloody eat here. I'm out. <laughs> That's really disappointing. I'm a big fan of Outback Steakhouse, and so I guess I, I don't want to go to Australia. Yeah, I, I think the food was good. I'm pretty sure yeah. it was pretty good food. Like, not I just everything about it being Australian is why I don't like it. <laughs> but it, it, it looks pretty good, pretty solid. So. I love it. Well, hey man, thank you so much for coming on, and we wish you the uh, the best of luck over the next couple months. We're gonna be cheering for you. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, I don't think we'll be so cheering much. for you. I don't know yeah, what you'll be running. Congrats, to, uh, congrats as well on, like, on everything going with you guys. It's pretty awesome. And I know a lot of a lot of guys are enjoying your stuff. So keep it going, man. It's sweet. It really Thanks, is. Thanks, awesome. man. So I hope that you guys enjoy quarantine together. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. no. I was saying, you kind of have the best self-quarantine setup. I wish, like, like I'm here at, like, my childhood home with my parents and my little brother. Like, you're just, like, with the boys. That sounds like a great way to do it. Yeah, we got it. Yeah, no, you got it. I think it's, I think we're lucky. We're, we, we definitely got the lucky end of that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man, we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to have you on for a third time once you uh, sign with a pro contract. Yeah, definitely. We'll have a bit of chat, and then I might have more information about my other skills of Hair, hair. <laughs> yeah, right. Whatever hopefully, hopefully sports comes back, or else I'm gonna yeah, go crazy. I, oh man, if sports doesn't come back, I'm in real, real trouble. I'm, I'm, <laughs> lo- I'm losing, losing my yeah, I'm losing my mind. <laughs> all right, Ollie, thanks, man. All right, So, in a world with no sports, we need to figure out ways to entertain ourselves. And there's been a couple of things that we've been wanting to talk about on the podcast, but we've been putting it off just because we've had so much to talk about. So the first thing that we want to get into is one of the, I'd say, 
myths of the running world or something that every collegiate athlete thinks about at some point, but it is the 100 beers, 100 miles in the same week. And if it's possible, and if it is possible, how would you go about doing it? So, boys, who wants to kick this off? Yeah, so, Steve, I've put countless hours of thought into this, you know, from starting in college to this point in my life. I feel like my strategy has always changed a little bit, but I feel like I got a foolproof strategy that, you know, has got locked in. So, first off, we're at the point of our life where you'd have to take an entire week off of work, right? So, you got to just take a vacation. I, I say you probably, like, rent an Airbnb in Vermont or New Hampshire or somewhere, somewhere with some good running and this is the strategy you got to take. So I think right off the bat, like day one has to be long run day. So you you wake up first thing in the morning and it's like, all right, let's get as many miles today as we possibly can. So I'm saying like you get like a 20 mile long run in the very first day. And then everything after that has to go on schedule. So I say, you know, without breaking down the math perfectly in my head right now, it's like you wake up in the morning every single day and you go get like, let's see, hold on, let me, let me break down the math here. So if you get 20 miles first day and you get 80 miles to go, let's see, 80 miles divided by six, that means you got to get 13 miles a day. Is that right? By yeah, 13 miles a day for the rest of the trip, right? So if you wake up first thing in the morning and just bang out like a five or six mile run to start the day. Then you get a little day drinking going, you have a good time, and let's see, 100 divided by seven. So you gotta drink 14 beers a day for the entire thing. So if you can get like five, if you can get like, so five or six miles in the morning, then like five or six beers, you know, just chilling around, playing some lawn games, you have lunch, you take a solid nap. In the middle of your day, you're taking like a two-hour nap. Then you wake up, it's time for run number two. So then you got to go out. We did five or six miles in the morning. Now you got to go get like six to seven miles in the afternoon. So then you come back, you're done around like four o'clock. Boom, you got the rest of the night and you got to get like, you know, eight beers in for the rest of the night and you just do this every day like clockwork it's on a schedule you're crushing it and then you're never doing anything too much at once obviously a long run in the, in the beginning it's because you're feeling fresh but then you're never having a stretch where you have to drink like 15 beers all at once it's just like you know helpings like six to seven at a time you're never having to do crazy long runs you're just doing nice easy doubles all day long it sounds easy I honestly, I'm starting to talk myself into how easy this sounds. So I have a couple of concerns about your strategy, Mike. What is what is your concerns? My first concern is that that first day where you just want me to go out and grab a 20 mile long run. I mean, what kind of shape am I in that I can do a 20 mile long run that's not just gonna screw me over for the rest of the week? I mean, I can't afford for my legs to just be absolutely in the tank. For the next few days coming out so that has me that has me nervous as a 20 mile longer my second major critique of this is the post nap run is longer is the big run of my day i mean you expect me to get a little day drunk then go take a nap wake up and feel good enough to run seven miles i mean 
Come on, Mike. I think you have a little too high expectations for our listeners. Okay. Who we are. Okay. So those are valid concerns, but very fixable. So let's just scrap the long run idea and just do the exact same schedule every single day. So now we have to like add a couple miles per day. So and then let's just do our longer run in the morning. So we do like somewhere between eight and ten miles to start every yeah. single day, and then you got to come back with like a five or six or in the afternoon. That sounds a lot more doable because okay. you say eight All to right. ten, we can do that. See? Five or six post snap. That sounds terrible, but you can you can drag yourself through it. So See, we put our minds guys, together here, and we're coming up with a perfect strategy. You guys are both wrong. So I just want to admit up front that I'm probably six years past, you know, being able to do this. If I tried <laughs> to do this now, I would be in the hospital, and I'm not kidding. Like the like the idea of doing this is like sending sending shivers down my spine. It's not possible. So what you got to do is you got to wake up first thing, jump out of bed. And like you said, you got to do that eight to 10 mile run. You got to get a longish run every single morning. First thing you do when you get up, knock a chunk of mile, you know, out of the way for breakfast throughout the day. And then that's your long, that's your last consistent run for the day. And throughout the day, you got to do beer, mile, beer, maybe another beer, another mile. And you're just knocking off single miles throughout the day. And maybe you even knock <laughs> off. Maybe maybe it's towards the end of the day, and you have a beer, and you run an 800. You come back, drink another beer, then you run the second half of the mile. So you just chip away at those miles throughout the day. Go to bed, get a good night's sleep, wake up the next morning, 8 to 10 mile run. And then throughout the day, just chip away at those miles. You can only, if you're trying to drink 100 beers, you can only rely on your body to do one consistent chunk of mile per day. Where, Does that make I, sense? I, yeah, I, I actually kind of like that idea my only concern is like that kind of like clockworkness where you are worrying about getting miles in for the entire duration of the day seems like completely mentally exhausting where it's like if you can just gear yourself up for two runs a day and then you got big breaks in between it's like you know that feeling when miles are lingering over you but then it's over and it's like man that's that's a really if i had to do in your strategy it's like you constantly got to be clipping away miles the entire duration of the day if I was sitting around drinking beer all afternoon, I would be so worried about doing a six-mile run later in the day. So, no, so you're, you're not doing it all a mile here and there. Knocking out a mile here and there is much more it's, – it's much more – it's much less anxiety-inducing than having to think about doing a full run later in the day. You only got to get like five to six beers in between the hours of 10 and 2. So you're drinking like a little over a beer per hour. And you could you could stretch that down to like nine, eight to two. Like you get up at six, seven o'clock, you can be done with your run by. Yeah. See, the problem is if you're if you're drinking fourteen to fifteen beers a day, I don't know how <laughs> likely true. it is going to be get up at six or seven in the morning. You know, I think you need yeah. to have a set time. I think you need to do like eight in the morning every day. Alarm okay. goes off and everyone's out the door by like eight thirty. Steve, the biggest problem with the years is who's going to keep track of that? I mean, it's 800 now and 800 there. You got to pay someone to be there to keep track of it. But you you inspired me to have a thought, and I, and I, I don't know what you guys think about this. What is the ruling on um, like drinking and walking? Can I grab a six-pack and just map out like a three-mile loop <laughs> no. and just crush those six? Because I can walk and drink beers. No. No, that doesn't count. You got to be running. You got to – I think you got to be – you got to be moving at least, at least, you got to move, move faster than, let's say, a nine-minute pace, at okay. minimum. The other, the other clarification question I need, um, I know with, you know, beer mile, there's rules about what kind of beer you can use. I think all beer is, is good for this, right? As long as you're not, 
you know, having an old duels or something. Can I have a Miller Lite as my beer? I'm drinking exactly 100 Miller Lights. That's it. Okay. Decide. Nothing else. So, hey, let me throw a wrench at your idea. What what if you just, for the entire week, you just alternated beer mile, beer mile, beer mile, as long as it's just up into 100 for the entire week? Do you think that's possible? Do you think that's possible? Run a beer, like run a mile, it, drink a beer, run a mile, drink a beer, run a mile, drink a beer. It's it's so funny because that is like completely not how this challenge was intended. Like it's completely defeating the the purpose. But man, I mean, yeah, I it's possible. I kind of like so it. You just, so we just map out one one mile loop. Yes. And that's the a only loop we do. A completely week. flat, a completely flat pancake. Because you said like, you know, New Hampshire, Vermont earlier. That's insane. You gotta be somewhere <laughs> flat. You gotta be yeah, somewhere true. easy that's to true. run. So even Let's just go to like, like Ohio. Yeah, just go somewhere just super flat, you know, moderate temperature, beer mile, beer mile, beer mile for a hundred. I think the- I think that if I were to attempt that, if I were to attempt that right now, I think that would have to be my strategy. The only problem with that is like, then are you ever actually like enjoying yourself? Like, because part of it is like, right, like (laughs) once you're done your miles for the day, it's like, all right, now we can all like play long games and drink and like have a good time, watch sports. Like how much can you actually enjoy yourself in this? I think you need to approach this challenge as if you're an athlete and every chance, every strictly business. Every down minute you have is digesting beer and getting sleep. Okay. <laughs> All right. But so, at so some point you got to factor food into that as well. But well, getting to food, we got it. We got to throw out the challenge that we talked about the day That's... after the trials, <laughs> the Waffle House. So the Waffle House challenge is you could either spend 24 hours straight at a Waffle House, or you can take off an hour for each waffle you ate. So say you're at a Waffle House and you eat 12 waffles, you have to stay there for 12 hours. So the question is, what would be your strategy? How fast do you think you could get out of that Waffle House? I mean, I I made it very clear and I stand by everything I said. I mean, I'm spending no more than like eight hours in that Waffle House. It's a work day. I'm having a work day in that Waffle House. And it's it's not going to be fun. I'm going to power through. And I'm going to get out to a head start. I know Steve doesn't like that strategy, but I'm going to get out to head start, and then I'm going to take a big break. I'm just going to, like, mow down as many pancakes or waffles as I can, take a big break, like an hour or two break, and then just cut away, cut away, cut away, cut away, knowing that every waffle is, like, a little bit closer, a little bit closer. And we went to waffles. I had never been before. The waffles aren't, like, outrageously big, right? As long as you go, no regular waffle, no syrup, and just – you know, you're sipping a little bit water throughout the day. I'm getting out of there in eight hours. So that that's probably the worst strategy you could come up with if you're trying to get out of the Waffle House as soon as you can. Uh, the best strategy that you could do is, and we talked a little bit about this, but you need to pace yourself at the very beginning. A waffle, maybe an hour, maybe a waffle every other hour. You got to figure out how many waffles you can crush in one sitting. So let's say I think I can get, you know, if I really get out and want it, like, 10 waffles in a sitting then you got to pace yourself through the other 14 and when you're ready you've 
crush those 10 waffles, and then you're ready to go home. What you don't want to do is eat till you're full at the Waffle House and then feel like a complete ball of garbage and have to sit there while the Waffle House waitress comes around and fills your coffee up and gives you bad looks and, like, is wondering what the hell is wrong with you while you're, like, spread out under the table trying to get a nap in. That, that's the wrong strategy, Michael. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. To be clear... We had the nicest waitress in the entire world say. at that Waffle So don't you ever talk badly about our waitress at the Waffle House. She was I didn't saint. talk badly. I said she comes around, she pours you coffee. That's what the way no, she you said she, she said she was given you said she was given bad looks and all this stuff. She would never. She would never. I was I gonna say my answer is Waffle House, every single Waffle House I've been to has been delightful. I think I'm going to settle down and bring my computer. I might have a waffle or two, but I'm settling in for the long haul and just enjoying my day at the Waffle House. If Steve, we'd have to go in and remind him, like, Steve, it's 24 hours. You can leave now. He's like, oh, let me just order <laughs> I love it here. You know, a little bit of lunch here and a cup of coffee, and then I'll be ready to go. <laughs> See, where maybe I they'll appreciate... let me, Maybe they'll let me get behind the counter and start whipping up some waffles <laughs> of my own. And See, where I appreciate Steve's you know opinion and strategy a couple of things we 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 debunked in that is no wi-fi in the waffle house i mean that's just waffle, waffle house does not have wi-fi so that's not going to work and eventually you will go crazy in a waffle house you can't just sit there for 24 hours and just like mind your own business in a waffle house there's just stuff going on at all hours of the day and then at some point you know it's open 24 hours it's going to get late. You're going to get a bunch of drunk idiots. You're going to want to get out of that place. So it, it's a, it, I appreciate the strategy, but there's also flaws there. Would you would you sit at the same table or would you bounce around, right? Oh, those, are, those guys look like they'd be fun. Maybe I'll go in and have a couple of coffee. <laughs> yeah, with yeah. Guys. Buy them a round of waffles. <laughs> so, so I think the question is, like, how much coffee do you drink, right? Because you think of that when you're at the Waffle House. Like, do you, do you need to stay awake or is it okay just to – do you feel comfortable just passing out on your bench at the Waffle House? <laughs> it depends on the Waffle House, right? Like, I've seen some pretty disgusting Waffle Houses, but that Waffle House in Atlanta was nice. Like, it was nice it was. and clean. Like, I could have I could have laid down on that bench. Bring a little pillow and just, like, kind of tuck yourself yeah. in. Yeah, it would have been nice. So I think, uh, what did we decide? The the loser of our next bet, we're going to we're gonna make him do the Waffle Challenge as a, as a punishment? It better be a pretty big bet, though. But yeah, I'm down. Yeah, yeah. That's I'm fine. Down. That's fine. Trying you in? Oh, I'm in. <laughs> you, say, you say bet. No, I'm in. I didn't even hear it, but I'm in. All right, that's enough Waffle House talk for tonight. Mike, let's kick off the bell lap. So, last show, I tempted the coronavirus gods a little bit by asking for self-quarantine, and I listed all of the major sporting events that were coming up and how I was so excited. So it might be my fault a little bit that every sporting event got canceled. <laughs> And I would like to apologize to uh, the coronavirus gods and say, especially after seeing where Trent's at, you know, having some crazy hairdo in his parents' basement, uh, addicted to online blackjack gambling. I would like to be <laughs> on. I'd like to be on the record saying I do not want to be in self quarantine anymore. I retract my statements from the last episode. <laughs> Trent, what do you got for people on the Bell app? Yeah, I just uh, wanted to get your guys' opinion on something. So if I have a soft 18 and the dealer's showing a 4, what do you, what do you guys think I should do in those situations? Double so down, baby. Double right down. Day. Take you that stay. double, baby. Take that double. You know he's busting on a 4. Double up your money. Let's go. 
I'm a big believer. Yo, that's a good point. Yeah, double down. Double down. Double like down. Double, double down. down. Take double. the double down. Always if make I'm going to be a degenerate blackjack player, and not just degenerate black, a degenerate online blackjack player, I'm going to double down in ridiculous situations. So I'm doubling down there. I'm going to be a big fan of the split double-double. By the time split you guys see me double. next, I'll have, I'll own my blackjack strategy. Can you count cards with online blackjack? I don't know if you can, but I'm going to see if you can. So uh, I can't wait, boys. It's going to be a great week <laughs> of blackjack. Oh, man. Uh, hey, just a quick reminder that, you know, your local running stores are small businesses, and I think you know during the shutdown right now, it's it's going to be a really tough time. So when you need to freshen up a pair of running shoes, um, don't order online. I think a lot of your local running stores are putting out ways to deliver shoes or you know make it so you don't have to go in store. So give them a call, figure out you know what their plan is, but don't forget those stores because um, they're going to have a tough time over this next month. So on that, guys, I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the Joes. Jesse's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. So many things that I want to say. You know I like my boys a little bit older. I just want to use your love tonight. I don't want to lose your love tonight. So since the recording of this podcast, there has been some uh, fairly monumental news on a uh, particular um, professional quarterback in the National Football League. Uh, at this time, the Peak Joy podcast will not be taking questions or commenting on uh, this matter, and uh, we ask that you please uh, give us some time to uh, just spend time with our families and really um, just kind of, you know, think about the meaning of life at this point. Um, and we will come back next week with, uh, I'm sure, discussion on the topic. Uh, we appreciate your support through these challenging and uh, difficult times. And uh, we'll, we'll get through this together. Thank you very much. And I am willing to take the break that we are on the brink of. My cup is on the table. I love is spilling. Waiting here for you to take and drink up. If you're tired of the same old story, oh, turn some pages.